Hi, I'm Jacqueline. And I'm Courtney. And this is Caffeinated Crimes. I really wish today was a video episode because I thought Courtney was ready and I hit record and Courtney is like, do a little, a little sing and dance and then just stop. Because I was like, I was like, it's our last weekend, having to double record. <laughs> and then as soon as I was like, it's our last our recording in progress. I was like, and she oh, was, shoot. <laughs> so, oopsie, I just, the oh, coffee boy. hit for a second, you know, it hit. Yeah, I mean, this is our third, third or fourth week in a row of doubling up um because we usually have to double up at least once a month for our bonus episodes for patreon and then this month it somehow happened that courtney and i are alternatively out of town for three weekends in a row um Mm -hmm. so we had to we had to double up for quite a long time but now after this recording we have three weekends off from recording so we're getting you guys nice and ahead and hopefully Next week, as you guys are listening, we will sound more refreshed and not stumbling over our words like we did last week and we'll probably do this week. Probably so. I I was talking with someone else's mouth. Um, (laughs) But since we've had so many back-to-back recordings, we don't have that many updates because, Mm -hmm. you know, we're recording kind of far out. And so we're like, what are we going to talk about as a little like conversation thing before the episode? And this episode's a little bit shorter, too. So I was thinking about how this week, um, so I had a migraine on Tuesday, but I also had a very busy day. So my problem with Excedrin migraine is I have to take it at the perfect time. If I take mm-hmm. it too early, it doesn't work. If I take it too late, it takes forever to work. I got to find the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I hit it and sometimes I don't. Tuesday, I did not. It did not hit. And so my head was still throbbing. But the bottle says you can only take two in like a 24-hour period. It's like you cannot take more. Like you will die, basically. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm like, I'm about to die because my head hurts so bad. <laughs> I'm going to so, die anyway. So might as well try to make it which more way do pleasurable. I go out? <laughs> Dead liver and no headache or a headache and fine liver. It's, I don't know. Kills the liver. Yeah. So, but I was looking and so I was trying to Google and I was like, can you take more like can I just take Mm -hmm. one more am I really gonna like is it really bad yeah and then everything was just like no you will overdose on acetaminophen you will overdose on it and I'm like that's this is extreme Mm -hmm. this is extreme so then what what do we all do I called my mom and I was like Mm -hmm. mom what am I really gonna die am Mm -hmm. I really like you're a nurse am I gonna die and she was just like I don't think so and then she was like so then I pull out and she was like, how many like milligrams of antacetaminophen are in each pill? And mm-hmm. I was like, well, it only says 250. It's like 250 aspirin, so much of her caffeine. Mm-hmm. But then I pull out my Tylenol, my extra drink Tylenol, and it says it's 500 milligrams for one pill. And I can take two of them like every six hours. <laughs> and then my Excedrin migraine is saying the two pills is the daily dose, like the daily maximum of antacetaminophen mm-hmm. you can have. But my ex- extra strength Tylenol says you can have 4,000 milligrams. So 500 <laughs> versus 4,000. I need a doctor to tell me mm-hmm. what all this means. What does this yeah. mean? Because that doesn't make sense. It, it, it makes no sense. And then my head hurt even more because I was trying to figure this out. Um, <laughs> I eventually just sat and kind of let, and then I ate food and I kind of, it, it kind of went away. It still hurt, but I was like, fine, I'm not going to take more. Like I'll wait. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, I need someone to explain this to me. Like how this doesn't make sense. And I get Excedrin migraine has more stuff in it. Yeah. Cause like maybe it's a combination of the drugs that you can't have too yeah. much acetaminophen with some of the other drugs that are in there. Maybe. I have no clue. I have no clue. Yeah. I can't make any sense of it. Um, but because all of them say like, this is that is the one drug that's the problem. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're not saying yeah. like the aspirin or the whatever. Or the, yeah. Whatever. It's always that one. And I'm just like, but I don't get it. Yeah. And I, I was thinking, is there like a different concentration of it in one or the other? But no, I mean, the milligrams would be the same. That yeah. that is that explains the concentration. Like it shouldn't. You're telling yeah. me what it is. So I don't know if, if you're a doctor. There is a doctor. <laughs> please, I'm dying to know because this stumped <laughs> me, and I couldn't figure it out. And then I was just sitting there, and I'm like, no one knows anything. And I mean, I'm sure it's just Excedrin migraine, like trying to cover their ass for whatever mm-hmm. reason. But I just don't get how one can be like four thousand milligrams is your max. Mm-hmm. But like with this, even if it it was like the both of them combined, that's only like a thousand. So it's like. Are Tylenol and Excedrin owned by the same company, or are they two different companies? They might be two different companies, but I will say I did have the (laughs) off-brand extra strength. (laughs) Because I'm wondering if Tylenol is just a shady business, and they're like, we don't, we're just trying to sell more, so you can take as much as you want, versus Excedrin's like, we care about you, and we don't want you to die. (laughs) that's probably not the case but i I feel like that's regulated by someone outside of tylenol but yeah so i I technically had the off-brand where Mm -hmm. it was just you know always buy the the off-brand medicine guys yeah always buy the off-brand medicine except excedrin migraine because it's the only thing that works (laughs) that is the only name brand (laughs) i will buy um but yeah i don't really know because i'm like i feel like if they were printing inaccurate information as far as the daily dose of how much you could have Mm -hmm. that would be a lawsuit like that yeah, you know I mean, true. And that's kind of what my mom was saying. Is she was like, I think one time, like, she was like, if you did this every day where you were taking like six, et cetera, migraines a day for mm-hmm. like weeks and weeks and weeks, like, you'd have an issue. But like one yeah. day, I think you're fine. But everything I Googled it, it was like, you're going to overdose. You're going to die. And I'm just like, <laughs> calm down. Like, it's not that <laughs> serious, down. guys. Okay. Just, just, just a one time thing here. Yeah. I so, think the, the frequency of doing it definitely makes a difference because it's like, are yeah. you going to overdose? one time or is it you could overdose if this is a a habit if this is something that happens repeatedly and then i was sitting there and i was like are you telling me i can't take three excedrin migraines and there's people out here doing meth there's people out here like putting bleach in their bodies and i can't take three excedrin migraines and and courtney googled for two hours can i take this extra etc you know that's a good way to think about it because there are people out here these people are still kicking doing meth how can you tell me I'm going to kill my liver from one extra pill? I think that's a good point. I think anytime now that you are conflicted about whether or not to take that extra pill, just tell yourself, I could be doing meth unless you also do meth, in which case I'm going to say, don't take the second, et cetera, migraine. Cause I feel like I that's just pushing it. <laughs> I think if I took meth, I'd have no aches whatsoever. <laughs> I'd be in a whole nother, I'd be in a whole nother world. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Yeah, that so that's was, what we got going on this week. <laughs> so. Let me know your thoughts. Um, if you know, maybe like why they say this, like what it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If anyone has any explanation, I'd love to know. If you're a pharmacist, a doctor, any people who know things, because clearly we don't. <laughs> you I know. don't. 
All right. So we are going to go ahead and get into today's episode. Um, so we used Unsolved Mysteries, Season 2, Episode 7, the BerkSheriff.org website, and a WSOCTV.com website. So on Tuesday, December 22nd, 1981, 19-year-old Rhonda Henson attended an office Christmas party. So she'd just graduated high school in Valdez, North Carolina, and she was celebrating her first job as a clerical worker for Hickory Steel Company. So at midnight, Rhonda left the party. Um, it was at the American Legion Hut in Hickory. Um, Unsolved Mysteries says she left the party with two friends and dropped them off before heading home. The sheriff's office website says she picked up her car from a friend's house and called her boyfriend before heading home. So it's a little different, but also the sheriff's website is like, the Unsolved Mysteries was great and accurate. So I don't really get why there's two stories here. Yeah. Either way, around like this time, she was leaving a party, picking up her car, like, running a few, you know, little things before. And uh, both agree that around 1230 AM, she began the 10 mile drive to her home where she still lived with her parents. So she got on I-40 West and exited onto the Mineral Springs Mountain slash Highway 350. And at 1 AM, Rhonda's mom, Judy Henson, woke up and she said she just felt like panicky and scared. She was like, I just felt like something happened to Rhonda. And she was like, I can't explain it, but I just felt like she'd been in an accident. So her dad, Bobby, had this old like CB scanner, like kind of like a police scanner where you could hear about like accidents and arrests. And so he was like, well, there's been an accident. I can turn this on and I'll hear about it. So he turned it on. um, And the minute he turned it on, there was a report that there had been a homicide. So now they're really freaking Uh, out. Like how terrifying. And I've heard that so many times in so many stories that we've done with the moms being like, I just knew, like, no Mm -hmm. matter where my child was in the world, I knew at the moment that something was wrong. Yeah. So Rhonda's car was discovered on Mineral Springs Road, just half a mile from her home. And the driver's door was open and Rhonda was found outside of it dead. And she was lying on her back, but her arms were kind of like, appeared to be placed deliberately by her side kind of like she was like laying like lane is that the right word laying flat not lying but like she was put that way lane i think yeah that's right right but it sounds weird when i say anyway it looks like she'd been purposely put that way with her arms placed flat yeah yeah (laughs) so um tests showed that she had been killed by a single bullet fired by a high-powered rifle, and the bullet had actually passed through the trunk of her car, through her seat, and penetrated her heart. Which... That's insane. Terrifying. Um, And Judy said the hardest thing is living every single day not knowing who did this. Um, She said Rhonda was the most loving, caring person you'd ever meet, and she was just the type of daughter that everyone wishes they had. So at first, they're like, Rhonda's murder just has to be some random act of violence. Like, what is happening here um but soon investigators kind of found some disturbing clues that they thought Rhonda might have known her murderer so in high school Rhonda was a popular girl and she was an expert tennis player with many close friends and a few weeks after her graduation she did begin to act kind of strangely so she was normally fine to like drive alone and like run errands by herself but she started asking her father to accompany like her on trips into town and one of these trips she was like dad, I've really got something to tell you, but like, I'm afraid to. And he was like, well, you know, you can tell me anything like good or bad. This is a safe space. Like you can talk to me. 
And she said she'd think about it, but she never did explain and she never really told him what it was. So that's kind of like always in his head is like, what was she trying to tell me here? Like what <sighs> was that happening? That has to be so hard to live with after her death of having no idea. And it could be something that was completely unrelated, you know, that had nothing to do with this. But you're always going to wonder if she had told me that day, could things have been different? Like, it's got to be so hard for him. Yeah. And her mother also recalled an uncharacteristic conversation with Rhonda before her death. And Rhonda had asked her if it was ever okay to be with a married man. And Judy was like, no, like that's never okay. The only thing that comes from that is people being hurt. Like it never ends well. Um, But Judy didn't really push it. Like she wasn't asking, like, are you asking for yourself or for a friend? Like, why are you asking this? She was like, I just didn't think to push it further. Which I feel like, too, both of their responses show, like, great parenting, that they, Mm -hmm. that she was comfortable enough to bring up these conversations, and they gave their opinions, they told her it was a safe place, they told her what they thought about someone being with a married man, but they didn't push anything that would, like, drive her away, you know, like, they kind of left it open of, it's, you know, up to you, the further you want to come, because if I push and push and push, you're going to step away and not talk to me at all. So I feel like both of their responses in this situation Mm -hmm. were just great. Yeah, like letting her be comfortable not being like, what do you mean a married man? What are you doing? What are you talking about? You know what I mean? Not just yeah. like pounding down yeah. where she's like, oh, I got to be quiet. Like, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So week, weeks before her murder, Rhonda's parents also noticed that she had developed insomnia. So she'd be up really late at night and she would also start showering in the middle of the night. So this would wake Judy up and like Rhonda was just be like, I can't sleep. Like I feel dirty. Like I have to shower. And they're like, it's 1 a.m. Like, what are you doing? Or it's like the middle of the night, like go to bed. And she's just like, I can't, I feel dirty. So authorities believed like some of these kind of like obsessive behaviors, like with the showers and stuff could be common in women who've been sexually abused. So they're wondering like, has she experienced a sexual assault? Like kind of, is this a part of it? Um, Police also wondered if this behavior meant she could have been under like some personal pressure or if someone may have been like stalking her, like especially on the night of her death, like, is something deeper going on with this girl? And between 12.15 and 12.30 on the morning of her death, a witness drove under the I-40 bridge on Mineral Springs Mountain Road, and she observed a blue General Motors Chevrolet facing in a north direction with two white males in the vehicle. So the car was parked next to the same off-ramp exit that Rhonda would use to get home. And they were also seen 30 minutes before Rhonda was shot and just 200 yards from where her body was. So this is pretty late on like a Tuesday. So it's kind of like if you see something around this time, you're like, this is pretty weird that I saw them right before she was shot 200 yards from where she was (laughs) like, yeah. And later that evening, another witness traveling down the same road passed a similar blue vehicle with a single man at the wheel, kind of like speeding away from like what was the murder scene. And as he continued down the road, he did actually see Rhonda's vehicle parked at the same spot where her body would be found. Um, He said a woman was slumping over the wheel and a man was standing at her car door. Um, But the witness like was trying to get a close look and he couldn't. And he was like, honestly, I kind of assumed this was a couple who was kind of drunk And, like, we're trying to, like, figure it out. And so I just kind of kept driving. I just didn't really stop. Yeah. And in hindsight, you know, you look back and you're like, why didn't you intervene or call the police or whatever? But 
it could look like such an innocent thing, especially if there's mm-hmm. not like a big commotion. There's not a lot of screaming. You know, you just see a man and a woman like kind of doing their thing in the vehicle. You know, like, it's the hard car's to know. Kind of off. She's kind of slumped over, and you're like, oh, she's too drunk. Like now, I'm gonna have to get her out, and I'm gonna have yeah. to drive. Or, and I think nobody's mind wants to go to like, oh, I'm witnessing a murder. Like no one wants to think that. Especially this is kind of small town North Carolina. You're like, yeah, that couple had too much to drink. They're partying too hard <laughs> these holidays. Like exactly, yeah. That. Yeah. So there were some latent prints on the driver's door, but they have not been identified. So with so few clues, they asked the witness to go under hypnosis to try and remember more. Um, So he said that under hypnosis, he described a blue, maybe 70s model Chevelle, um, which is a model of a Chevrolet. He said the front end looked like it could be messed up. The primer was gray. And in describing the man with Rhonda, he said he wasn't a big guy, maybe five foot 10 or six foot, medium build, sort of dark brown hair. Um, The witness also recalled seeing a second car parked down the road from Rhonda's vehicle. Um, this car was a black or dark blue Trans Am. And so some people believe that this could have been the murderer's car. So authorities don't believe that Rhonda would have stopped her car for a stranger. So maybe she was pulled over by someone who knew her, who then shot her. They also wonder if the man seen with Rhonda was the murderer or maybe just a passerby who like left once he realized Rhonda was dead. So maybe he pulled up on the situation and was like, oh, maybe this woman needs help. You know, you're a woman alone on the side of the road Mm -hmm. in the middle of the night. Like maybe your car's broken down. And then he's like, oh shit, you're dead. I don't want anything to do with this. I'm just going to leave. I don't want to get involved, you know. On January 8th, 1982, Governor James B. Hunt issued a a proclamation offering a $5,000 reward for information that would bring the killer to justice. Um, The town of Valdez was also offering a $5,000 reward, along with funds set aside by Morganton Burke Crime Stoppers, private donations, and pledges. The reward does exceed $20,000. So Rhonda's mom, at the time of the taping for Unsolved Mysteries, which was back in 1989, had left her room exactly as it was when her daughter died. Um, I think we see that a lot where you just can't move past it and you can't bring yourself to change anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And they left a doll that Rhonda used to have on the bed. They had some of her trophies out. And Rhonda's grave marker says, always a ray of sunshine. And Judy said this just like described her perfectly. And most of the Unsolved Mysteries episode was actually filmed at the actual site of the crime scene. So this is the most investigated case in Burke County history. Hundreds of people have been interviewed, but no leads have panned out. There are thousands of documents for this case, and they actually fill up several filing cabinets. And investigators flew to Los Angeles and listened to all of the telephone calls that came in immediately as the Unsolved Mysteries episode aired. Um, They said that the episode was well done, but the leads they got from the phone calls just all turned out to be dead ends. Like, like, yeah, people are calling and stuff, but nothing that really is going anywhere. And in December of 2021, the sheriff's office said there was new data available in the case. So they put up a sign on the interstate in Burke County that says who killed Rhonda Henson, which is what inspired this episode um, because it is currently up there. Mm hmm. So they placed the sign and flowers near where she was murdered, um, but the sheriff's office has still not revealed what the new data is that they are following, but there is something that's come up recently. Mm -hmm. 
There is also a Facebook page called Remembering Rhonda Henson, 1962 to 1981. So they discuss a lot more about the case, possible suspects and theories. Um, It is put together by a special investigative reporter. We don't want to publicly name anyone without more evidence um, because this isn't something that like the sheriff's office has released as an official anything. Mm -hmm. This is just a Facebook group, um, but they do have some plausible suspects and theories. So please feel free to go read about it there. Um, It's very interesting, but nothing that we feel comfortable sharing here right now. Um, I don't really want to, and I'm not saying like the evidence on his Facebook page doesn't look like accurate or anything. It does look like there's a lot of like very plausible, you know, situations. And this guy Mm -hmm. is like, on the ground like doing the research um yeah but because this guy has never publicly been named because he's not been arrested i don't want to say his name and then him come for us for yeah. like basically suing us for you know accusing him of murder if, yeah yeah so yeah not gonna do that um judy is still fighting to find out what happened to her daughter um and she's grieving not only her daughter but the life her daughter could have had so sad when someone dies so young you know and you just think Mm -hmm. about what could have been um judy fears that she and bobby will not live long enough to see Rhonda get justice um if you do have any information about the murder of Rhonda henson please reach out to lieutenant rodney newman at the burke county sheriff's office at 828-438-5506 or crime stoppers at 828-437- 3333. And there is also an email address for the sheriff's office administration, which is admin at Burke, which has an E on the end, sheriff.org. Um, you can call anonymously and you can receive the $20,000 reward if the information leads to the arrest of Rhonda's murderer. Um, and that's the super tragic and just very mysterious murder mm-hmm. of Rhonda Henson. Yeah, it's just, it's so sad. And like, um, yeah, like when I was driving to my friend's bachelorette party, like we were driving down the interstate and I see who killed Rhonda Henson. And I was like, I don't know who did it. Um, yeah. And that's kind of when I started looking into it and stuff. And it's just such a sad case. And it's like such a mystery. And there's been no like solid enough leads to even like release a name or mm-hmm. that we know of and like talk to someone. Like it's just like, it's so sad that it's like such a cold case and it is like the most investigated and there's still just like nothing. So please, if you know something, please reach out. Um, and maybe we can help Judy and Bobby, like find out like who killed their daughter, because like, that's the thing is it's so heartbreaking. And Judy's like, she should be here and she should have her kids and her, her new family. Like we should be sitting here surrounded by grandchildren, not still trying to fight to find out what happened to our daughter. And I do wonder, too, if this happened more recently and not back in 1981, if it would have been solved more quickly because they would have more evidence. They mm-hmm. would have more you know, tools available to help them gather information, find out what could have happened. Because, I mean, if it's someone she knew, you, know, you, you would think there would be more kind of clues in interviewing family and friends. But if it's a stranger, th- those are so hard to solve if like there's nothing that connects her and to the person was a you know stranger like could it have been road rage i mean we see what people yeah. do now like was she driving and accidentally you know cut someone off or did mm-hmm. someone like just get mad at her like when she was driving late at night and they just you know because it was like shot like through her trunk and stuff so it's like yeah that's a pretty good point. odd with that um if that's the case it's like 
I mean, unless we got a deathbed confession, like how are we going to know? And like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just so sad. And I really hope whatever this new data is they have that will actually lead to something. Yeah, me too. That is super sad. Um, yeah, always a clunky transition. Courtney, what is your perk of the week? So my perk of the week is the new, um, I don't know if it's FX or just Hulu. I don't know. Show The Patient. Um, Mm -hmm. So it has Steve Carell in it. And I can't remember the other actor's name, but he's great too. Um, And it's kind of just like this, it's like a short series like it's just gonna be like 10 episodes um so i think we're about halfway through the season at the moment and um it's just about this like guy who's a murderer and doesn't want to kill anymore and kidnaps his therapist to help him so interesting (laughs) yeah um but it's been pretty good so far um Mm -hmm. steve carell's just such a great actor like in general Mm -hmm. um he really is there are moments poor he's never gonna get like michael scott away from him there's just moments he's yelling and i'm like "Ah, i can hear michael scott (laughs) but um (laughs) it's it's been really good so far and really interesting um i've really enjoyed it so yeah that is my perk of the week is and there's just so many new shows coming out like Mm -hmm. i'm so behind already like house of dragons rings of power everything it's like why all at once can we not get a summer (laughs) show and then a fall show and then a winter show no it's always the fall fall is like boom 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 here's all the movies here's uh, i don't know movies i never watch movies i don't know when they come out here's all the tv shows here's all the books like they just right during football season they know that we are not going to be able to watch they know that it's going to take us five days uh, five (laughs) business days to watch this episode next because exactly there's some football (laughs) game on somewhere Um, (laughs) But yeah, so that is my perk of the week. Jacqueline, what's yours? Um, speaking of TV and things that are, well, I guess it didn't come out in the fall because I've been super behind, but I finally finished season two of Only Murders in the Building this week. Um, thought the finale was fantastic. I really Amazing. enjoyed it. Thought they did such a good job with it. It took me a little bit longer to get into this season. I'm not going to lie. Like the first half of the season, I was kind of, but the second half made up for it. I thought it was, I thought they really, uh, did a good job with it so that was my perk of the week um excited to see what they do for season three i know i'm very excited spoiler kind of spoiler but paul rudd being in season three is i'm yes. so excited i love paul rudd so i'm Same. very excited to see what they do but yeah i thought the casting for this show is just incredible wonderful and the whole um like Steve Martin and Martin Short's like craziness and with like Selena Gomez kind of being like the quote unquote like straight man like the Mm -hmm. the, like like not flat but like more serious it's just like it's brilliant together it's so really is um and I thought their twist and this the finale was really good too um because Kevin and I the whole time were like kind of trying to predict like who killed Bunny you know Mm -hmm. um and so maybe like an episode before like we did our final guesses and i was like almost right basically um i knew in general like who it could have been i don't want to spoil it for anybody yeah yeah um, i had some suspicions but then i doubted myself and then you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. anyway if you guys have seen it you know what we're what we're talking about um let us know if you guys have seen it because we would love to chat about it with you um, you can do so on Instagram at caffeinated crimes pod on Twitter at calf crimes pod. That's C A F F crimes pod. We are on Facebook at caffeinated crimes podcast. You can email us at caffeinated crimes pod at gmail.com. We are on YouTube and TikTok. Um, 
patreon.com slash caffeinated crimes where you get a monthly bonus episode. We've had some pretty interesting ones um, the last few weeks if we do, you know, say so ourselves. Um, the last few months, I don't know what I just said. Uh, we have monthly... <laughs> We have monthly hangouts. We have pens, stickers, um, quarterly gifts. We have all kinds of, you know, fun little uh, little goodies. I think you guys are going to get a Halloween-themed quarterly gift um, mm-hmm. here soon at the time of this release, I think. <laughs> in this month because this yes. episode comes out. Still October, I think it is. Yeah, because the next episode we record is the last week of October's episode. Yes. So it comes out the week before. So Yes. So yeah. So this week or next week. Um, but yeah, you know, all kinds of fun things happening over there. Um, I think we do have a end of year slash new year special coming up related mm-hmm. to Patreon. So stay tuned for information on that. Uh, yeah. Um, and please sure to always be give us to give us five stars on Apple or Spotify or wherever you can review us. Subscribe on YouTube. Give thumbs up to the videos because um, it helps us and makes us feel good. Um, but in the meantime, <laughs> go have a cup of coffee. And don't commit a crime. <laughs> <laughs>